Delivery Bros. All right, and here's a word from our sponsors. Welcome to the home of Jarhead's Mobile Welding. We offer marine quality work at fair prices, welding and custom fabrication, and repair to existing items. Not only am I a man who speaks upon the brand, I have also been a customer of the brand. Because here at Jarhead's Mobile Welding, name the mission and they get to fixing. Check them out now at facebook.com slash jhmwkc. Or you can also find them at Instagram at Jarhead's Mobile Welding. If you send them a message, they'll give you a quote. And that right there you can put in your notes. Thank you very much for your time. And now, let's enjoy the show. Four, three, two, one. Hey, what's up, guys? My name is Anthony Anthem, a.k.a. Black Fabio, a.k.a. The Midnight Marauder, a.k.a. Mr. A.k.a. And today, we have a wonderful and special guest. Mademoiselle, would you like to state your name? Yes, my name is Teresa Chase, and Anthony, thank you for hosting me. Oh, shucks. I appreciate that, Miss Chase. Now, Miss Chase, tell the people a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, uh, uh, professionally, I'm a writer, producer, and editor. Um, and also, I've got several books in print. As an individual, I am a snarky, um, unique person who states her mind and is, you know, my colors don't run. Okay. So I am working to I have several projects in the works, including one that's a big one and something that people, you know, I tell them, they think, wow, you know, that's impossible. And I turn it around and say, I'm possible. I am working towards creating a new film and television production facility in Oklahoma that will produce low to medium budget film and television projects based on age, gender, and ethnic diversity. That right there has also been needed, sincerely. Um, especially with age, especially. Yes. I mean, it feels like you're on a limited time when you go into the career of acting. Um, I've seen a lot of um, people in their twilight years that like just kind of go and fade into the uh, fade into the black, even though that could probably be the best years of their life as an actor, especially when they got the experience. Right. Eight. Yeah, you know, that's part of what I'm working to address is the ageism in the, in the industry. One of my projects is called Chalice Island, and it started off as a new Dark Shadows feature, but I wasn't able to get the rights. So I edited out the Dark Shadows and called it Chalice Island. Well, I want the original actors from the TV series, but they are above, yeah, they are above the age of consent put it uh, bluntly. And one of the investors said, well, you know, they're, they're old. And my point was like, so what? So what? They're still very talented. They've still got loyal fan bases. And he go, and he was saying, well, but it's the younger people that go watch films. And my point is, is that if you give older adults a reason to go, they will go. Mm -hmm. True. But, you know, a woman my age, I'm 61 and proud of it. I have no interest 
whatsoever in a 20 year old you know I can I can appreciate a good-looking person and a good-looking man but I love and I love big cats but I'm not a cougar uh, you know I've got shoes that are older <laughs> than 20 years old oh my and gosh <laughs> I want to you know for me I am looking for what's next I want to know What's you know what's it like to be in love in the seven when you're in your in seventies? Uh, what challenges do you face? What makes you know all the different aspects of life? And so you know you in the industry, you've got teenagers who are looking and lusting after late teens and and twenties, and those in the twenties are looking to the thirties and the 40s and on up. So if you give people a reason to go to the movies, they will go. And frankly, older people, most of them have more money than anybody. Because in, you know, in your 20s and in your 30s, you're starting careers, you're starting families, and there's not as much money as there is later in life. True. That's so true. you have to give them a reason to come. And I think when you start, you know, the, you know, the ad agencies are a major part of that because they market towards the youth because they're, they're easier to manipulate. Sorry about that. No, um, okay. But um, <laughs> older people have the experience and the diversity of, of knowledge that, you know, we've, we've, you know, seen it almost everything so it's hard to sell us the same product and call it new and improved by changing the packaging i agree i mean the problem with and i think this is also american society in general we always want the next new thing mm -hmm. more than appreciating what we have when it comes to the classic gems you know like I can say that about my generation. We're so distracted. By, oh, yeah, this is new. It's new. We got to have it new. ADHD generation is what we call my generation. And when it comes down to it, like, we never seem to appreciate the past like we should, especially people in their golden years. Right. I mean, like, you know, we had the Goldie Hans and everything, you know, that have been around a long time, and I appreciate those ladies and gentlemen who are healthier longer yeah um alan alda is a pro and alan alda and jimmy carter are prime examples jimmy carter is in his his 90s he survived cancer several times and he is still building houses for people he is still actively involved with charities and making a difference in the world alan alda is in comparison is younger and he's, you know, people are calling him the, the oldest living teenager because he, he keeps up with everything. His mind is sharp. You know, I mean, he's, he started a podcast. I mean, and there are a lot of older people who are up with the technology because they mm -hmm. help create it. And people forget that. It's like every, every generation thinks that they invented sex. Like they forget the, the the fact that 
you know, in order for them to be there, their parents will at some point will have to have sex. And if that, you know, it's also a, a consistency of your parents, you know, thinking you know, thinking about your parents having sex will scar you for life and send you to a therapist. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, to be honest, though, I'm going to just say this loud and clear right now. If it wasn't for my parents having conjugals, mm-hmm. I would not be here. Mm-hmm. Or their parents' parents. or mm-hmm. Okay, because I've met basically my generation to even their generation of parents to their parents' generation of parents. So I'm just like, I'm thinking to myself, you know, I just realized if he hadn't got great-grandma pregnant, uh-huh. there'd be no me. So it's realistic. You want me to totally gross you out? Just totally gross you out and... Just ruin me. Go on ahead. Okay. Close your eyes. Remember the last time you were intimate with somebody? Mm Mm-hmm. Now think you... Yeah, imagine your parents doing that. Well, if there's any consolation in my childhood, I have accidentally walked in on my parents. So... Oh. Okay. So my life is already ruined. Oh, okay. (laughs) Most people, including me, you know, the thought of that going, ew. I mean, because every generation thinks, you know, they have reinvented the wheel and sliced bread and mm-hmm. the sun rises in the east for them and sets in the west. Boy, are they wrong. Right. So wrong. So we need to remember that if it wasn't for the people who came before us, we wouldn't be here. Nope, not at all. You should always appreciate the past along with the future and present. But if it wasn't for the past, there'd be no innovation. Correct. And a lot of people, especially new filmmakers today, they're very much into remaking stuff. Oh my goodness, yeah. And, yeah, remakes and sequels. And if it was... If it was done perfect the first time, mm-hmm. you can't do better than perfect. And adding you know, the latest technology or visual effects doesn't make a project new. True. And so I don't want to work with, with you know, I don't want to redo stuff. I, I, I don't, do, don't do sequels, I don't do remakes. But I want to work with the people who made them great. That's the difference. Okay. That's what brought us to generations of these remakes because these people before made it great when it was in its time. Right. I feel like certain things don't need to be remade. Like, for instance, let's put it like this. Here's a good example. They should never, ever, ever, ever remake Casablanca. Exactly. There is only one Rick, and he's dead. I agree, and unfortunately, and yes, it is. Gone with the Wind. Another one. Forrest Gump. Another one. Exactly. I was like, okay, it was okay when you did some of the horror movies. Okay, but there are certain movies I will draw the line. Well, are, you know, how many Friday the Thirteenth and Halloweens are there? Um, it's the same movie, um, in different locations. Let's see here. 
if we count some of the new ones too, we're looking at about 12 Fridays and 13, if I'm correct. Wow. There, there was a lot of them. The first one was excellent because it was new and exciting. Yeah, it was a guy. It was a guy's mother on a rampage, and then the second one was a guy in a hockey mask slashing everybody. Yeah. Well, First and second uh, ones are timeless. Alfred Hitchcock. Um, Classic. Psycho. Psycho and birds. Yeah. Um, they made Psycho too, and Anthony Hopkins was in it. But it was really dumb because the ending, you knew the ending. And, you know, the fact that Mother came back, you know, again, was, like, really dumb. Yeah, they shouldn't have did that. Like, and I love Anthony Hawkins. He did a good job doing um, doing Hannibal Lecter. Mm-hmm. We did The Silence of the Lambs and everything. Those were great movies. Yeah. But Cycle 2, a lot of people don't even remember there's a Cycle 2. Right. That's very interesting that you brought that up. Uh, Anthony Hopkins, um, there was another Anthony that was in Psycho. Anthony Hopkins was in, um, was Hannibal Lecter. Oh, yeah. I already messed it up. My apologies. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> but I, I know I, about Psycho, too. I was like, well, that was Anthony Hopkins? But no, no, no. Another Anthony. My apologies. <laughs> but, yeah, he's a wonderful actor. I've, I've, I've been in love with his work since he did Audrey Rose back in the 70s. She's Louise. That's back in the day. Excellent hmm. movie. Excellent movie. Um, the ending, you know, you want, you know, you want to, you know, slap the doctors, you know, for the way they handle things, you know, because they act basically... Well, I won't spoil it, but it's it's excellent movie. I'm gonna need to check that out. That's back in the day, though. Like I know oh, about yeah, some stuff. Still around, movies. huh? It's still around. I'll check it out seriously, because I like I like '70s movies. '70s movies, I felt like were like a big innovation, because there were just so many taboo things that happened in a lot of these '70s mm-hmm. and early '80s movies. Like they were kind of pushing the envelope back in those days like the 70s you had like Thomas films like Blue Summer and then you also had black exploitation films and martial mm-hmm. art films like everybody was pushing the envelope to come out with something more innovative than the next that's, but that's what the industry is about yes. it's all about being new being innovative and really finding New ways to tell stories and new stories to tell. Truth. Yeah. True, true, true. I don't watch yeah, sequels or prequels. And so I mean there are too many stories to tell. Why why retell the same one? For some people I, I will say this. Certain things I can understand have sequels. Like it's still continuing the story. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. But when it gets to the point, it's like, okay, we're going to tell you the story before the story, before the story, before the story. Right. Uh, then you lose me. I'm like, no. Like, for uh, well, the Star Wars, for example. Yeah, story. Star Wars is a good example of that. Uh, the middle trilogy, four, five, and six were absolutely amazing. Yes. One, two, and three sucked. Yes. 
there were long commercials to sell crap to kids. Yes. And they were so bad, I almost didn't watch Seven. But Seven was pretty good. Seven, they made up for it. I mean, we had Carrie Fisher in there. Rest in peace. Mm -hmm. I mean, we had we had the classes come back. Mark Hamill, yeah. Harrison Ford. It's unusual that Carrie Fisher died and Harrison Ford's uh, um, and Princess Leia lived in the movie and in Harrison Ford is alive and his character died. It is weird because I was sad when he when his character died. Oh yeah. I was so sad. I was like, no, that was my favorite Star Wars character. Well, I have a terrible crush on Harrison Ford. He's adorable. Well, but they killed him off. I mean, it's Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford is like everybody's like man crush. Well, yeah. <laughs> and the fact that they have done a prequel for on Harrison Ford with Harrison Ford's character, um, they need to be shot. They did not do a good job on that. That was a terrible movie. I love the actors in it. I love the actors in it. Because I love Donald Glover and them. But... Mm, There's only was, one Han Solo. Yes. And his name is Harrison Ford. Yes. Even I got to agree with that. Because it, it was painful to watch. I watched the movie. When it went straight to DVD. Or Netflix, to be more exact. But, oh, it was, it was, it was cringy. You needed to take, um, like, a major, you know, handful of aspirin because of the pain? Um, got it right here, aspirin. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things that I noticed about the industry, you could always tell their, conf you know, the producers and the distributors' confidence in a film. If they do a major blowout just before it's released. It sucks. Mm -hmm. Because they are trying to get as many butts in the seat as quick as possible before the word gets out. Uh -huh. Because when the word gets out, then yeah, who's, no, yeah, nobody's gonna go see it. No, <laughs> no, not at all. Um, I am kind of disappointed they're not doing one more prequel because they were going to do Obi-Wan Kenobi. That was a prequel I actually wanted to see. Mm -hmm. But they canceled it. Because there's no backstory in Obi-Wan Kenobi besides, you know, he he was an influence on Anakin and all that kind of stuff. But we don't have the backstory of how he became to be the Obi-Wan Kenobi. But that's for a whole different um, that's for a whole different ball game. It's just the fact that the two prequels in between the um, the newer Star Wars films failed. That is not happening, but yeah, maybe that's a good thing. But part of Obi Wan's mystique is that mystery. Truth. You know, and a major plot problem between the first three, uh, um, you know, between the you know the, the beginning three and the middle three, is that when. Um, Leah and Luke were born, Obi-Wan was there. Mm -hmm. He knew that there were twins, and they knew, he knew that both were out there. True. So why did he have to be told that Leah 
was also was around and that the, there was another Skywalker. Why did he why did they have to tell him he should have already known? Wow, that's true. So I tell you you're a huge Star Wars fan as well. Well basically Star from this dialogue we've been Trek. having. Hmm? Star Wars, Star Trek. I'm a big oh, fan. You're a Trekkie as well. I'm a Trekkie as well. I'm, wow. I am so much of a Trekkie that, um, you know, it was still fashionable to say Trekkie. Now they're Trekkers, but I'm a Trekkie. Trekkers? Trekkers. There was a big thing about, you know, them being, you know, Trekkies not being, you know, cool enough or something. But, I think Trekkie is probably the coolest thing. It sounds a lot less corny than Trekker. Well, but yeah, yeah, we're Trekkers. Now, I, I'd rather it be Trekkie. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just I saying. had a huge crush on William Shatner until I met him. Oh, Lord. <laughs> okay. What happened with you and the Shatner? Uh, it was no big deal. It's just that, you know, it was after he did a play and, you know, signing autographs. And he loves himself a lot. Well, I mean, I heard the man refers to himself in third person a little bit. Well, yeah. But it was like, the Shatner would like a cold cup of coffee, please. Yeah. <laughs> he's a wonderful actor, and I loved him in a lot of the th things that he's done. Oh, yeah, he was and, great in Boston. Uh, what was it, Boston Legal? Boston Legal. When he was Denny Crane. Oh, yeah, he was hilarious. But, uh, and he was wonderful in the play. And I do still have his autograph. But like I say, you know, he likes himself a lot. And, but that's okay. Because in this industry, if you don't like yourself a lot, it's, it's hard to survive. True. I mean, he's been around for a long time, so I can see him having some confidence in himself. Right. He is the Shatner. Most definitely. Most um, most people know that he he's very much into working with horses, and I would really like to work with him with Horses and Heroes or another project called Spirit of a Nation. And but he's got he's got some really good gatekeepers because I guess Trekkies are a little crazy. <laughs> Fanships are crazy in general. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, you saw what happened with the last Star Wars movie, right? With no. the fans. Okay, um, there was this Asian girl in the beginning of the second movie, and um, she was the one that detonated that bomb to basically try to save everybody. Okay. People got mad because she was Asian, and they were like, "This is not how it's supposed to go." Blah 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 blah. They started harassing her on Twitter and um, Instagram. To the point where the girl had to actually shut down her social media. That's nuts. That's insane nuts. Oh, they did that to her, and they also did it to the main character that plays Ray. I was like, dude, it's, it's it's a fantasy. It's a movie. Why are you harassing young women? Yeah. Yeah, it, it got out of control. Like, like I'm a fan, okay? I love... Mm -hmm. I love Star Wars. I like anime. I like pro wrestling. I like a lot of things. But I'm not going to sit here and try to destroy somebody's self-esteem and, you know, just frame of mind 
because there's maybe certain things I don't like about it. I'm I'm here to enjoy it. Yeah, um, I am a bizarre fan. I uh, yeah, I know a lot about the things that I projects that I like and the things that I like I really like. But when it comes to the actual real people, oh, what in the world? Okay, okay. that's done. That's gone. Okay. Um, no, um, I don't. I don't believe that fans have a right to actors or politicians. You know, you know, you, you know work is work, private is private. Mm -hmm. If you are buying the national, you know, the rag mags that are, you know, the ones that send reporters to go through trash and to peek through windows, you need help. You need yes. to get a life of your own. Um, I liked, you know, to hear about all the good that they're doing or if they're doing something, you know, completely naughty. Yeah. Um, but if it's public knowledge, sure. But there's a difference between, you know, public information and because if you do something naughty, you know, and there's a police report, that's public knowledge. But you need to stay out of people's trash. You need to stop hunting actors at, down because they're, you know, how their job is to act or to produce or to write. That's all you're entitled to. Mm -hmm. There is, you know, you're, there is no ownership. Um, and you know, it's like a sporting team. It's true. Um, you get these, you know, strange people, you know, doing bizarre things and, you know, painting them, you know, selves blue or whatever. And that's their team. And when you're, you ask them, well, do you own it? Well, no. Are you on it? Well, no. Um, do you, you know, do you work for, for them? No. Then how is it your team? Some people, some people don't understand, like, yeah, these men and women, and regardless of what part of entertainment they are for us, we don't own them. They are exactly. human beings. Exactly. They're there to entertain. That's something we should be grateful they want to do. Whether they're playing on a field, they're playing in the ring, or they're on a stage. Correct. They're not. You know what's crazy? You know, um, okay, so Justin Bieber. I know a lot of people either love him or hate him. You know, he said, like, I don't do autographs no more because I feel like people treat me like an object. Mm-hmm. And at that time, and at that, it was just like, I just like, I was like, I can see why he feels that way. Like, I wouldn't want to be treated like an object, and I'm a regular civilian. Yeah. Well, I've heard horror stories where fans follow them into the bathroom uh, to get an autograph. There are some places that, you, you know, yeah, yeah. It should be like, yeah, when right. you're in the bathroom, no, you know, nobody talks to anybody. Or you, you go in, you do you know what you need to do, and then you go out. Yes. The last There's thing I'm gonna do if I gotta go to the bathroom really bad is be asked by by fifty people, "Hey, can we sign my autograph? We sign my autograph? We sign my autograph?" Like, not just like hold on, 
like I'm going to the bathroom and then you go in the bathroom and there's like three people surrounding your bathroom stall asking, Hey man, like when you get out of there, you know, you get a, Give me an autograph. So you're sitting there trying to use the bathroom. You know there's somebody anticipating, waiting for you to come out the stall. That's so rude. There's an old Lucy, I Love Lucy show where Will, William Holden turned the ta- yeah, basically turned the tables on her and did the same staring and gawking um, that fans you know, do to celebrities. And it's an absolutely wonderful uh, episode because she didn't, you know, it was so awkward for her. She didn't know what to do, but that's what it's like living in a fishbowl when everybody's always watching and there's no privacy and there's no, you know, so True. anyway, that's where, uh, you know, a pet peeve and a rant. Mm, one of my pet peeves too. So. I mean, is there between being a fan and then just kind of idolizing somebody to the point where they're not a human anymore. That's, they're still humans at the end of the day. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to do things that mm-hmm. we may not always agree with. People have different lifestyles. People have real life issues every day. More money, more problems, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and we all live and learn. Yes, so I like to talk about my projects a little bit since you yes. know, probably dug myself a big hole. That's okay. I can, I, I can jump. Excuse the interruption, but it's time for a message from our sponsors. Carlton's Grand Jerky. Sweet brine so divine that every taste is also fine. Enjoy Carlton's old family sweet brine recipe. It offers the grand flavor of delicious lost taste for a healthy all-American traditional snack. Get yours today at Facebook.com slash Carlton's Grand Jerky. Once again, that's Carlton's Grand Jerky. Carlton spelled C-A-R-L-E-T-O-N-S Grand Jerky. Get yours today. The jerky was so good. Let's just say when I gave it to my mother, I'm just going to put in quotations, amazing. Because I don't want to lose my sponsor. But with that, we are back to the show. Hi. It's all right. And uh, when it comes I, down to it, we can refill it and try it again. Okay. <laughs> um, there's an old story, uh, real quick, an old story. Um, this mule fall, falls down um, into a deep well. And, you know, he's, you know, trying, you know, crawling, you know, yeah, for it to get out, and then p- people, you know, instead of helping them out, they just, you know, suck too deep and he's too much trouble. So they start throwing dirt in on, on him, to, they're going to bury him, the mule alive. Well, the mule, um, instead of, you know, giving up, he shakes the dirt off and keeps climbing the pile of dirt as they throw it in. Every time they throw it in on him, he shakes it off, climbs a little higher. Eventually, they fill the hole in. He walks out and kicks their butt. Um, <laughs> you know, it, you know we're all, we all have challenges. It's what we do with it. Truth. So, anyway, I have I several projects on our slate. Oh, and, my gosh. So, tell me more. Okay. okay I'm sorry. I'm, I'm being silly. Um, Horses and Heroes is mm-hmm. an unscripted veterans TV series. 
and we're going to be telling veteran stories as they work together to find new coping skills for their physical and emotional challenges. Wow. And so it's using a combination of peer support therapy. But the, yeah, the focus will be on the veteran. Yeah. I, I want you know, civilians to know that veterans are people. They're not disposable parts of the war machine and they are definitely not political footballs. So no. that's, you know, when people had more, had, when more families had people who served, there was a little bit more respect, but now there's either, you know, the, the extremism again of, you know, yeah, you know, gung ho and not giving a rip. So even though I'm very political, I'm the firewall to keep politics out because it's about getting to know veterans and helping them find, you know, new beginnings. True. That's important. Regardless yeah. of what political class or whatever, when it comes down to it, we do need to take care of our veterans. Yeah. We, we have really, I feel like we've let down our veterans in the United States. Um, and I say it is coming from two parents that are veterans. Oh, I didn't know oh. that. What, what branches? Um, both Marines. Once a Marine, Marine, always a Marine. Yes, yes, indeed. Hey, if it wasn't for the Marines, I would not be here. Straight up. Hey, I wasn't even born in a Marine base. I was born on 29 Palms, out there in the desert, out there in California. Oh, cool. Yes, ma'am. First eight years of my life, I was a military brat. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, brats are, are, are really cool. <laughs> I I haven't served. I don't have the temperament for it. Uh, the only thing I, I'm really capable of shooting off is my mouth, but I'm very good at it. <laughs> and so because I am so good at it, I would have spent my, most of the time in the brig anyway. So yes. I do. I serve those with my talents of writing and producing and editing because that's we all serve in the best way we can. True. There's always one. There's always more than one way to serve. Yes. Yeah, my mom told me that. So, okay. um, thank them for you know for me. Would you tell your parents thank you for your service, and welcome back to the world. I will. So my mom's been back in the world since the '90s. Um, she served back in the '80s till about '91. Mm -hmm. um, she was going to get sent to Desert Storm. But thankfully, the war, um, the the ground war had ended. My dad did get sent. He ended up spending quite a few months out there. Um, I'm not as close to my dad as I am my mother, but my mother is probably one of the strongest women I know. I mean, she raised two kids by herself. So, with that and going to school and all that, I'm always proud to say that my mom is not only just like just a single mom my mom is like a swiss army knife of a woman always has some type of tool to get through any type of situation it's it's good to be proud of your parents because they help uh, they help launch you to, into the world yes they did and if you've got a good foundation then you've got you you're more willing to say i'm possible instead of it's impossible. Yes, indeed. 
My mom's done a lot of things that are possible to some that may have been impossible. I, I tell a lot of people my mom's story and how she's affecting me and my little brother. I mean, it's tough to raise two kids by yourself, mm -hmm. let alone going to school and working several jobs. Right. Uh, what did she go to school for? What does she, what does she do? Oh, uh, business administration. She's also an accountant. Oh, okay. Yeah. She went to school for six years, got her bachelor's and got her master's. Um, she went to school at Park University out in Parkville, Missouri. Good school. Really good school. That's great. Yeah. My mom was awesome. I mean, my mom is awesome. <laughs> She's okay. still alive. She's still alive. She's still alive. Oh, good. So, uh, she's getting closer to her 54th birthday, and it's going to be my 30th. Um, we share the same birthday. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Um, it's really special, sincerely. August the 10th is coming faster than I know it. So I'm getting so old. Leo? Huh? Are you a Leo? You sh I sure am. Yes, ma'am. I'm a Gemini. I'm a Gemini. I got an auntie and, um, and a cousin who share the same birthday on the first, and they're Gemini's. <laughs> um, I'm the 25th of May, which makes me first to Cant. Which oh, wow. I'm my Gemini. Oh, you're first in line right there. <laughs> yeah. That means instead of just, you know, two personalities, I've got four. Oh, boy. Everything, every decision is made by committee. <laughs> I was like, so who votes and who doesn't? <laughs> Well, um, abdicating is not op not an option. You know, we you know there has to be a consensus to get things done. So it's got to be unanimous or nothing at all. Correct. <laughs> now that is a hard decision. <laughs> well, yeah. That's awesome, though. Anyway, um, the other pro another project is called Never Can Say Goodbye. Mm -hmm. It is a supernatural thriller that um, takes a, um, the ghostly genre it has never gone before. Hmm. I combine it with reincarnation. And technically it's set in Michigan, but Michigan was stupid. It got rid of its film incentive. So it's still set in Michigan, but I'm going to shoot it in New York. Bro, they got rid and of its film incentive in Michigan? There was. There isn't anymore. What happened? Republicans took over the, the governor's office. And Snyder, uh, not only did he poison thousands of people in Flint, but he killed the film incentive. Okay, I literally died inside. Like, Michigan don't have anything left, and it sucks, because uh -huh. I actually know a couple actors from Michigan. I've had them on my show. Mm -hmm. They're really talented. They're gifted. Like, Get a name drop? Oh yeah, um, I I don't know if he would want me to say his name right now, but you know I'm gonna say this. Just the fact of the matter is, I what's the best word to say? I feel like Michigan always keeps on losing things as individuals. But you know what? Forget. I'll say his name. Patrick Harney is his name. Um, great guy. Um, he actually just got engaged. Shout out to Patrick Harney. I hope you're watching this dude. Um, but um, that that sucks because like there's so much talent in Michigan, 
And because of bankruptcy and things going on in Flint and just the corruption in the government over there, I mean, and I'm not a political person whatsoever. I try to stay away from politics on my show. So Michigan has gotten, has gotten so much this negative things happening to them that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, and they're, they're, they're part of our country. It's almost like they're being forgotten. They've lost the automotive industry. They've lost so much. It, it hurts me to see that, especially me being a fellow Midwesterner. Well, the industry, yeah, the film and television industry was bringing hundreds and hundreds of millions of new money into the state and thousands of good paying jobs. Therefore, it had to end. It made no sense. So, and I'm a creative with a good business sense. The film incentive in New York will be about $500,000. And I'm simply not willing to give up on that. I'm just funny that way. No. I don't think you should give up. I like the fact that you got a lot of fire. When failure, when you remove failure as an option, all you have left is success. Hmm. So that's what I'm working towards. I, in my mind, it's already a done deal. I just haven't been given the memo yet. So I'm still <laughs> looking for investors. Um, I've got people who, you know, that I'm pitching to who are interested and I'm going to get the money and it's going to be for this, you know, for the whole, the whole studio. And that's how you, you know, if, when you believe in yourself, that is how you make a difference. Truth. The universe takes its cue from you. If you, you know, if you doubt yourself or if you backtrack or if you're wishy-washy, you're giving the universe mixed single signals. So if you instead focus on this is what I want and this is what's going to happen, that's what you'll create. True. But you have to be focused. And you also have to have balance in your life. You can't work 24-7. No, you can't. So, you know. Body needs rest. Yes. Focus and balance and fun and take, be, having the courage to take the leap of faith, believe in yourself. And that's the word of faith right there. Yes. Faith is sometimes believing strongly in something you don't see. Mm-hmm. It really is a leap of faith. That's what life is a lot of the time. Well, that's the very definition of faith. Hmm. Believing what you can't see and having the perspective that it's true and it's real. And true. putting wherever we put our energy is what we create. True. So if you worry about the bills, well, you're going to, you're going to create more bills. <laughs> and that but, is true. I don't need no more bills. <laughs> uh, well, but if you focus on being grateful for what you have and sharing what you have and having the courage to believe in yourself that you're worth more, well then you'll create more, more of the prosperity and, 
gratitude goes a long way. And I am very grateful for the people who have been standing with me and believing me, believing in me, even the, during the times that I didn't believe in me. Hmm. You have a lot of gems, you know that? I'm a walking bumper sticker. Well, I need you to just like call me every morning and just give me words of wisdom. That would be awesome. You just call me every morning. Like you should just make an app that just has like Teresa's gems. Well, I do have one book out. It's called A Butterfly, a Butterfly is Born as a Caterpillar Dies. And it's about how when we face our fears, we take control over them and we achieve our dreams. And I also am working on an, another self-help book. It's called Three, 360 Days to Healing. And it's got all these little gems in it. And it's going to be one of those things where you open it up to find the wisdom for the day. But that's way down the road. Well, I'm, I would love to see that book. And to be quite honest, I like the fact that I'm talking to you because you seem like a very empowered woman. And that's always one of my favorite type of like guest to have is somebody that's empowered like yourself. So I find it's a great pleasure and a great honor, sincerely. Thank you. Um, I have learned the hard way that you can't teach what you don't know. It'd be like going to a country you've never been before and trying to, you know, act as a tour guide. I think a lot of people, you know, think about all the challenges that they've had in their life and all the things that, you know, happened that weren't exactly nice or fun or, you know, sometimes out downright hurtful. They teach us. They can either break us or teach us. If they teach you, you can teach others and help others get through it. And, you know, it's like, you know, the guy that was stuck down in the hole and, you know, the priest came by and blessed him and the guy asked, you know, to, you know for help getting it out, getting out. And the priest blessed him and the friend, you know, you know, wished him well and all these people went by, but, you know, yeah, he was still down in the hole. And his best friend came by and the guy asked for help and the friend jumped down and the guy said, well, what'd you do that for? Now we're both stuck down here. And the friend said, no, I've been down here before. I know the way out. Let's go. Wow. So like, you know, one of the biggest philosophies in my life is when we help each other, everybody wins. Hmm. Truth. That's very true. Man. So um back to your project on your um on your uh supernatural thriller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cause I feel like we kinda got um segue uh, off yeah, of It's the Gemini. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, why use ten words when you can, you know, f- you know, fit in fifty? So with Never Can Say Goodbye. Uh, it is about a couple who fall in love in the 1950s and she dies during childbirth and her spirit stays to take care of her, her daughter. And because of the 1950s and the way things were going, the daughter has an allergy to formula 
So Whoa. the father needs to get a wet nurse. The only way Audrey would help Randolph uh, take care of his daughter if he married her. Well, she makes the sad mistake of falling in love with him. And he's, you know, Randolph always loves Sarah Jane. They're, you know, they're a mated pair. And so Anne, uh, Audrey becomes very vicious and kills the child. Sarah Jane, it gets to be freed. Um, her ghost gets to be freed because her daughter takes her place. So the daughter is trapped in the house waiting for her parents to return. They have all re reincarnated. And so now the fates bring them um, back together and Sarah Jane and Randolph have to remember the love so that they can forgive. Uh, you know, so their daughter's soul will be freed. Wow. But Audrey is also back and she is, her goal is to destroy all remnants of their love. So the house that has been keeping Randy safe, she's trying to destroy. If she succeeds before they forgive, Randy's soul goes into the void never to be seen again. That sounds like a good show. I would love to watch that. Well, I'm working on it. Yeah, make that happen. I need to. I need to watch that. Cause I like thrillers. That's always been my thing. Um, it sounds like this could be a psychological one too. I want to well, watch it. Well, it is. It's a paranormal thriller, and it's a lot like Ghost and the others. Gotcha. So you know, there's that twist at the end, and I'm very proud of the script. The other. Um, one that's uh, it's called Chalice Island. It started off as a Dark Shadows. And we talked a little bit about the characters. But it, you know, I picked up threads that Dan Curtis left behind. And I've run with it. And so hopefully I'll get most of the actors who are still working but I've got some, also some amazing roles for some younger people. There, uh, mm -hmm. one of the um, sons is turned in, uh, bitten by a vampire hmm. as a way to blackmail his mother into coming back to Chalice Island. And he gets there and the vampire uh, is started to control him. But he was taken, you know, whisked away um, for a while and introduced to another very beautiful lady who also starts to influence him. So I've set up a, this menage a trois love triangle. Oh, no. Oh. Well, yeah, the one, you know, neither woman is truly evil or truly good, but they've got this rivalry, rivalry going on between them to see who ends up with, with Jonathan. That sounds good. So okay. uh, everything from uh, the youngest actor is, uh, character is 10 all the way to 60 and above. So there's going to be a lot of suspense and horror and romance and the good old fashioned Dark Shadows cliffhangers. 
I'm, already, I'm already enjoying this. The goal is to uh, release it in the, in the theaters and then um, launch a new TV series. So um, I'm going to need you to come back on the show once you get these released. Oh, I would love it. Yeah, because, um, yeah, um, I need this in my life. I can already tell you are a good writer. I can't wait to see the production on it. So, um, yes, totally cannot wait. I'm not even, I'm not even BS and I'm serious. It's just me because I like this type of stuff. So that makes me excited. <laughs> well, tell everybody that you know about it. Um, and, you know, I can be, I'm found on Facebook as Teresa Chase. Mm-hmm. Charles, um, Teresa with an H and the last name is C-H-A-Z-E, otherwise Charles Henry Adam Zebra Edward, which is not the correct ac- acronym, but you get the idea. <laughs> um, on Facebook, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Twitter. So, Send me those links. I'm going to put them in the description below. Okay. People can get in contact with you or okay. add you or follow you and all that and kind of get some more of a fan base, hopefully. What I am asking for people to do, uh, Chalice Island has its own Facebook page, as does Horses and Heroes and Never Can Say Goodbye. The investor that I'm talking to you about, Chalice Island, isn't too sure that the brand was so damaged by the that 2012 movie that, yeah, he's not too sure there's still an audience. So I'm asking people to go to Chalice Island's Facebook page and to like it and then share it and really promote it for me. I'd like a hundred thousand likes for you know in the next two weeks. Um, because it will prove that there is an audience for a dark you know, for a dark shadows type gothic horror. Well, I'll definitely push it. I'm gonna definitely need that link too. We're gonna put that link in the description. Okay. I'm gonna share it. We're gonna make it happen. We're gonna try to push for as many fans as we can get. I'm gonna reach out to my people. All seven of you. I'm just kidding. But we're, <laughs> but we're gonna reach out. We're gonna do what we can because okay. I like your personality. I can tell that you really have a passion for doing this. You're trying to definitely make some changes in the industry that are well needed. Mm-hmm. And it's great to see that people are aware and trying to make something happen because ageism is a problem. Um, not having enough ethnic um, representation. I mean, you're going down the list of things that are really needed, and I would love to be a support to this. We're going to do what we can. We're going to push it. We're going to get people to start shaking hands with each other and make a universal connect. So with that, to all the people that are listening, we're going to make this happen. The links I put in the description, share, like, follow, comment, help make this a dream come true. Not only will it change the industry, but it'll also change how we progress in the future. If everybody um, who's listening liked and then asked 10 other people to like, who also asked for 10 other people to like, in a week we'd have the 100,000 plus more. It's very possible. This is social media. Social media is very possible. We can make this happen. All it takes is just helping each other out and just a click of a button. Yes. So with that, I'm asking you, team AKA, let's make it happen. 
<laughs> Thank with you. The, yeah, so um, is there anything else you wanted to say? Uh, well, uh, I wanted to thank you for hosting me and letting me rant and oh. for helping make it make a difference in, uh, for the projects and for me. I'm very grateful. Thank you. Girl, I ain't nobody special. I'm just Anthony. <laughs> Everybody. I'm going to get mystic. Um, everybody is uni unique and individual. You're mm -hmm. the only you that is ever going to be. Um, even though souls are eternal, every, uh, everybody is a river. Our lives are a river that is never the same. And each of our rivers are different, and we're always moving and we're always growing. And we all bring something unique to the world that is just our own. I am, a, you know, what my uniqueness is that I tell tales about people who face their fears. And I do it with joy and with love. I make, um, I'm only accidentally funny. But, you know, when you face your fears, you take control over, over them instead of them controlling you. And that's what my my work is all about. You know, mm. you bring your, you know, what you bring into the world is unique. And it's all, only you can bring that uniqueness. But we are challenged by our fears to really have faith in ourselves and to really, you know, bring our light into the world because the darkness, you know, the darkness doesn't want to give up power. And we are all, no matter, you know, our size, shape, color, or, you know, whatever pigeonhole description you want to put, we are all our unique flames of light. And hmm. we need to work together because that's how we chase away the, the dark, the shadows. And on yeah. that note... I'm going to get step off my pulpit and let you finish. <laughs> nah, I can listen to you talk all day, sincerely. I mean that. And I appreciate That's those a gems. dangerous thing to say to a Gemini. Man, eh, you know what? I look in the face in danger and I go, ha ha. Sometimes. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, then, we're going to go ahead and end it here. And I know with that wonderful piece of gem. And um, with that, I want to thank you, Miss Teresa Chase, thank you, for being a wonderful light on my show today. I appreciate you for that. And with that, guys, we are now at the end. It's been an official Delivery Bros exclusive. Going to be on live on video with this wonderful, wonderful, uh, wonderful woman right here, this beautiful lady right here. And with that, my name is Anthony Anthem. AKA Black Fabio, AKA the Midnight Marauder, AKA, um, you know, I'm just signing off, guys. We're done. <laughs> <laughs>